Oh, pardon me. No, you're fine. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Um, wow, wow, what a day at the XL Energy Center. Scott Strandy with you live in uh, high above the XL Energy Center ice rink. Um, NCHC Frozen Faceoff going on tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, will be joining me in just a minute. We're keeping him up late tonight, folks, out on uh, Long Island, New York, as we uh, get prepared to... Uh, to bring you the recap, if we can, of uh, what an incredible day here in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. We've got a great guest coming on, too, because every time that I come to Minnesota, I look for a Minnesotan to bring on. How about that, Paul? God. <laughs> I, I figured you'd oh, love that. I figured Lord. you'd love that. My guest is about six feet away from me. He's going to come on in just a minute. but yeah, I don't have a problem get... with the guests. <laughs> That's good. Not the issue. Good. Good. That's What's the problem then, me? <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm you still said awake. It, I didn't. Okay, I'm still awake. It's 10:31 p.m. Central Whatever. Time. I'm a little giddy. Um, right. It's been it's been crazy today, Paul. As you know, uh, we had two semifinal games today. Uh, game one, uh, Minnesota Duluth uh, shut out Denver for the first time this year, um, two nothing. And um, I don't it know was how a many team, pictures of garlic I have to send you. I know. It was a team, Paul, that uh, was playing for their playoff improvement. No, How about they, that? They, uh, improvement, I said. I didn't say life. Whatever. I said improvement. Whatever. Okay? They were yeah. trying to move on up, if you yeah. will, uh, via the Jeffersons. And um, there was a team that was here uh, kind of going through the motions, in my estimation. Denver was slow. They were not sharp. They were not crisp. They admitted it after the game, but they just, uh, it was not their best game. In the words of David Carl, uh, Ryan Barrow, Cole Gutman uh, met the media afterwards. They said they had to be better. They knew they had to be better, um, but they also said they knew that this was not a true one and done and that they would, uh, um, you know, get an opportunity to play again, which they will in Loveland, Colorado next Thursday. However, Paul, the uh, newest pairwise. <clears throat> came out this is and right now we're looking at denver being our number four well, that's fine first of all i can't believe i have to be the one that has to that has to actually uh, stand up for your mm, bulldogs because jesus <laughs> don't they get any credit in this <laughs> they, they played a great game they did they uh scott sanderson uh sandlin uh, thinking Jake Sanderson here. This game just ended, and they needed Jake Sanderson badly. Anyway, uh, Scott Sandlin did say that they I'm were, um, yeah, they lost them both, and they and they needed them both, in my estimation. Um, we'll uh, we'll ask Nick that when he comes on too, because yeah, he'll yeah. tell us. Um, but but speaking of uh, big wins, um, Western Michigan got by North Dakota, four to two with an empty netter. Just ended yeah. about uh, 15, 20 minutes ago in front of us. And uh, as Nick and I sit here, uh, it's cleaning out quickly because they're preparing the ice for a wild versus Chicago game tomorrow. And uh, if you've uh, never seen this take place, it's, it's quite the thing. Clearing the boards. (laughs) They're they're cutting out the frozen face off logo. They're doing a little bit of everything out here to try to get this ready for an NHL. Are they really taking the the logo off the ice? Are they Um, shaving it off? 
Yes, they are. Doing? Nick's going to take a picture and send it to you. <laughs> well, I, that's fine. I don't... <laughs> Whatever. Yes. I mean. Yes, they okay. are. They are doing that. Anyway, and all the board signs that were on the boards were taken down, and now they're putting back all up the, the wild uh, signs. Are they, are they physically doing that? Yes. Yes, they are physically doing it. They did take them all down. We heard them. We saw them. And now we're seeing them put up they, the new ones again. Are they like big giant poster stickers or something? Kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Are we um, at the point where they just should do this electronically now? Yeah, we'd think so. But that's not how they're doing it. Um, so anyway, um, that's what happened here. Um, how did Cinderella's slipper fit tonight? Oh, it depends on which which Cinderella you're talking about. I'm talking about the one from the Air Force Academy. Well, you know, it was a weird game. It was a weird game. It was um, uh, the, the first half of the game was played right into Air Force's hands. It was kind of methodical and 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 very much under control. And then you get to the third period, and and all of a sudden it becomes a shootout and. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Alex Schilling went around to his teammates after the game and said, you know, good job, guys. I am sure there's at least one of the goals I know he's going to – he would have wanted back. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter at this point. You win, you move on. A win is a win. Yep. A win is a win. It doesn't matter how. Um they almost gave the game away at the end. Uh, when you, uh, the uh, the RIT had pulled the goalie, and so they had you know Air Force had an empty net in front of them, and Willie Ryan for some reason and just decided to wait, wait, and wait instead of just throwing the puck in the net, and it ended up getting blocked and. There was like 25 oh, seconds left and a couple of face-offs in the Air Force zone. I'm sure oh, goodness. that you know, Frank Sertori was getting ready to pull his hair out. Yeah. But once again, they won the game. Um, despite a wild and crazy third period. It was kind of like those two games against the Army last weekend. Yeah. In the third period. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't matter because now they take on AIC in the championship game and uh you know <laughs> we'll see what happens on the line right i mean we'll see if there's a pumpkin or a, a carriage or whatever would it really sh <laughs> it, it shouldn't shock anybody no doesn't shock anybody that that air force is in this because they're do they, they do this every year i know i know they're kind of like the vampires in that regard aren't they well that's <laughs> that is a whole nother level all right, so let's do this. Let's take a quick break, quick two-minute break. Let's come back, and let's bring on the in-studio host for Husky Productions, St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, we're going to bring on Nick Maxson in two minutes. We'll be right back. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard 
wheels and bearings for your inline skates or extra rolls of tape for your stick. At Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, indeed it is College Hockey Southwest Live. This, a special edition, a uh, Friday night edition, right after the uh, first round of the NC8C Frozen Faceoff. We had two winners. Um, we'll talk raise, about those in just a minute. Scott Strandy joining you tonight from... Well, yeah, Scott Strandy joining you tonight from inside and high above the ice level at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Paul Hornstein, my co-host as always, out from 10 feet below sea level on Long Island, New York. And Paul, it's our pleasure to bring on the uh, in-studio personality from the Husky Productions, Nick Maxson. He's sitting six feet away from me. I kept him here late. We're the only two in the building besides the ice crew. So, uh, Nick, welcome in. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, first yeah. of all, he's a lot younger than we are, Scott, so he can handle this. <laughs> I wear it well. We'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, it's fantastic. I got to meet you for the first time uh, before the start of the games today, and I knew that we had to talk hockey because you are very knowledgeable. We talked about all things Arizona and the Coyotes, and you told me, everything that uh, I had only heard out of my own mouth before. So congratulations on that. <laughs> oh, you know, geez. I thought your uh, a significant other was the only one that could really do that. But you know. <laughs> 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 so I guess that makes two that can do that, right? <laughs> wow. well, well, okay. She, she handles that side of things. You handle the hockey side of things, but that's true. Gracious. Yes. But before we dig into this hockey tonight, tell everybody out there that's listening in the Southwest and the Western half of the U S what does Nick Maxson do uh, at uh, Husky productions? So I'm the in-studio host. So I do the pre-games, the intermissions, the post-games. I also 
we'll tap into uh, doing features in between as well. So I did a segment called Hockey and Chill where I took video film from the previous weekend. I actually cut it for the coach. We'd sit down, I'd show it to him. So it's almost like the annexes and those that add special effects. Uh, we'd do features on players. So uh, you name it, I've done it. I've done the radio play-by-play -play as well as television play-by-play -play as well for both the men's and the women's side. So uh, you can call me a Swiss Army knife in terms of hockey uh, there with Husky Productions as well as the radio station KVSC there in good old St. Cloud, Minnesota. Well, that's it, Paul, right? You, Paul, you how good is that radio everything. voice of his, Paul? How good is that? Well, listen, I'm, I, you know me. I'm jealous of a lot of people's voices. I wish I had them. Um, I'm jealous of my own kid's voice. So, you know. But um, that's that, 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 That's what you got to do, right? Uh, a little bit of everything. And, and, you know, you're in that position, and you, you're never going to be in a better position to, to, to get your hands on that stuff, right? 100%, uh, you know, small plug to, to the university. You know, there, if there's one thing I've enjoyed is the opportunities that you have to get your hands dirty. Uh, you know, there's so many folks that want jobs in this business, whether it's, you know, uh, either in front of the camera, in front of the microphone or behind the scenes. And, you know, I've been blessed to have the opportunities at St. Cloud to be able to not only, you know, dip my hands uh, and the voice per se into, into those uh, opportunities, but, you know, to be able to cover a competitive Division One hockey team um, here in the great state of Minnesota, where it's not just St. Cloud, but you have the Gophers near you, you have Bemidji, you've got Duluth, you've got, do I have to mention North Dakota? I suppose I do. They were here tonight. Uh, Mankato, the number one team in the country. So it's it's been a, it's been a, a fun ride graduating here in about six weeks, and uh, you know you hope the ride this continues after this. It's been it's been a blast. Well, I hear you. I mean, I I, I mean, I did it in the uh, reel to reel tape days and. And, and uh, tin cans, right? Oh, jeez! You broadcast yeah, on tin, tin cans, cans yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, you can mention uh, the, the the green and white team. It's it's that <laughs> other maroon. It's that other maroon and gold team we don't like to mention too much. Uh, the one that plays on the other side of the river. Yes, Paul, yes, Paul's that got one. a problem with that one, Nick. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I, I suppose that uh, the Gophers in years have passed have given uh, people a lot of nightmares, uh, especially early 2000s, maybe more recently, but also late 70s. Uh, story program there down in Minneapolis there at Mariucci Arena. Uh, well, there's no doubt. I mean, but that's uh, – uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm – uh, as Scott will tell you, I am new to this uh, college hockey business. Um, and what happened uh, before 2015, I kind of – I kind of have a feel for, but um, let's just say that uh, my feelings about that other maroon and gold team uh, have uh, multiplied uh, based on just interacting <laughs> with folks. Um, I don't know if Scott told you or not, but uh, I am an Arizona State alum, and uh, so... That is part of where this comes from. So I just, just oh, so you pause. Gotcha. The dramatic, the dramatic, the dramatic pause. pause. Right I love it. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So, so Nick, you and I watched uh, the first game today. And uh, as I was telling you my thoughts on Denver, I was saying, like, I I'm worried about this team because all they're focusing on is uh, the, the NCAA tournament and going to the Frozen Four. And I didn't know what team was going to come out tonight. And they were flat-footed. Yes, they were snow. Uh, they were slow, sorry. Uh, in the snow, maybe. 
their pucks weren't crisp. Uh, their passes weren't crisp. Uh, they, they just, if not for Magnus Corona today, it would have been a long night, um, a longer night for the Denver Pioneers. It, it really would have. You know, we were talking during the game how slow and how passive the forecheck was for Denver. Uh, this was not the same Denver team that got them to the top of the NCHC playoffs. Uh, not at all. Uh, we talked about how good they were at depth on offense and really how it was almost invisible as far as how they could use that depth and really create and wear down opposing D's. And UMD has had a trouble this year on offense. You know, they, they're a team that's been built defense on out. Ryan Fanti, although he's had a great, great season, uh, you would think that the Denver Pioneers could eventually get a couple passes. I mean, this was just, it was surprising, honestly, to, to watch this matchup tonight. Now, don't take anything away from how good UMD played tonight because they really, you know, played to their identity. Uh, it was Denver that really fell into that trap. It was, it was awful in terms of a Denver, uh, you know, their performance tonight. Nick, it's it's one thousand percent. I mean, uh, was Denver not, not their best tonight? Probably not. But as 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 I've been telling Scott for, and and I I can't believe I have to stand up for the Bulldogs in front of a Bulldog. Um, <laughs> I I have been calling Duluth for the last five years the Vampires, and you just don't ever have enough garlic to get rid of them. You just don't. No. Uh, and that's the Scott Sandlin playoff game plan that was executed to perfection tonight. It really was. Uh, no room in the neutral zone. Uh, everything in that perimeter in the defensive zone, they never seemed to panic. When Fanti was needed to make a big save, he was there. Uh, just, again, Denver just never really got their game, their speed game, their, their hard forecheck. And uh, you don't want to say it was easy, uh, but for, for, you know, for UMD, it really looked like it was uh, their game from the drop of the puck there in the first period. You guys will both like this because uh, when I was in the press conferences for uh, Denver and Duluth, um, somebody said to, uh, uh, who was it? Oh, Blake Biondi. They said, uh, Blake, what was the game plan against Denver tonight? And Scott Sandlin stepped in and said, that's top secret. We're not talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Typical Scott Sandlin uh, response to to that. Um, He again played it nonchalant as – you know what, we're just uh, doing our thing and uh, we think we're pretty good and we think that we can compete with anybody and, yeah, we'll take the win and don't take anything away from Denver. They're a great team. It went down the road like that. So um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but uh, it's going to be interesting. I know one thing, there was 10,253 here, Nick. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, – there will be far less than that tomorrow, I believe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Western Michigan bit. and Duluth playing. <laughs> far less, yes. Uh, and by the way, you could sit there and, and cry about Sandlin. Oh, we just played our. That's exactly what they did. They played their game. That's what they do. Yeah, their, you know, their the game plan. New Jersey was... Devils of the nineties hockey. Yeah, they're uh, <laughs> they're. Um, game plan was to keep everything outside not let uh, Denver get to the middle they tried to slow their transition everything that you try to do in playoff hockey and unfortunately Denver kind of fell into that trap and uh, as Nick said earlier a lot of it came from the point that they just didn't uh, forecheck they didn't forecheck and they didn't use their speed to their advantage they didn't <laughs> no they didn't and I, I love 
I love the devil's reference to the old Jacques Lemaire, you know, sort of, you know, trap neutral zone there. That's, that's, that's the style that UMD, you know, plays, except they have more skill. They have more speed uh, to be able to counteract and transition. This is not like a, a, a you know, the, the territory of Bemidji State where they really hold down the trap in the neutral zone. And we're able to make some noise last year against Wisconsin, an upset that I had picked in that matchup. Just because you talk about the depth. Again, the Denver heads, there was no depth on Wisconsin last year. It was you shut down Cole Caulfield. There was nothing left uh, for their offensive attack. But, you know, again, uh, the, Scott Stanley gets – he does so good at getting his entire team to buy into what they have to do to win. They did it tonight as uh, they continued. They've been playing playoff hockey for a couple of weeks now, uh, trying to hold on to home ice. They lost it. They – essentially got it back per se by beating St. Cloud in their home ice in two straight games. Um, shocking to say, at least for Huskies fans up there north of, of Minneapolis. But uh, now they're in a position to take home uh, the NCHC Frozen Championship. I know everybody around who watched this conference had them pegged to be in, in this, you know, especially just even a couple of weeks ago. Of course, right? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Okay, so, one other I mean, thing that Scott Sandlin said. As the, on, on, the other, on the other side. Yeah, let me throw this out too, Paul, because in the press conference, Scott Sandlin also said, I told the guys for the last two weeks that we needed five guys coming back all night long, and that was not negotiable. And he said, if you weren't willing to do that, you you weren't going to be seeing much ice time. And uh, tonight they played to a tee. I'm sure Nick can attest to what they did in St. Cloud as well. Uh, but, Nick, but before we talk any more about this, Tell us about that one in St. Cloud because you were without your starting goals under David Rennick. I guess it was an illness? Yes, it was an illness. Uh, he actually came down with an illness from what we know around the Wednesday area. Now, I, I was watching Thursday practice. Both him and Spencer Meyer were out there. So my concern was, oh, goodness, was this a late injury kind of thing? Because, you know, you just you never know who's playing through what, especially this time of year is in a nagging injury, of course, that doesn't get out into the media uh, spectrum per se. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was where Rennick could shake it. Spencer Meyer was able to shake it to, to Saturday. I don't really think that had much of an impact to the game as people are giving it credit for. Uh, Jackson Caster is a very good, capable backup, and I think the gap between those two are, are, is more exaggerated. It was just the play in front of them that really let the Huskies down, again, on home ice in front of a home crowd. Uh, should have been a much better performance uh, than they had those two games. It was, it was, it was pretty, pretty tough to watch if you're a Huskies fan. Paul, comments on that one? Oh, well, listen, I mean – my my guess is, uh, and, and like I said, I don't. Th I think you're right. I don't think Castor played that bad. I just think uh, you know, when you don't have that senior, that veteran guy out there, um, you you tighten up a little bit. And maybe you uh, tighten up a little bit too. Um, but you know, th but there's there's also a couple seniors that have not performed to the way that we've anticipated. So, uh, for example, True. Seamus Donahue. Um, who was, you know, essentially a, a stalwart on the back end last year on their, on their championship run. Back-to-back uh, -back penalties, one out of frustration, which ended up extending the UMD lead on Friday to 4-2. He was a scratch, a healthy scratch on Saturday just of how frustrated the, the coaching staff was. And, you know, Easton Brodzinski, uh, who, again, is your most offensive weapon up front for St. Cloud. Again, when he's not scoring, he's frustrated. Sam Hench is 
was the most consistent offensive producer for the Huskies going into the weekend. He was shut down. You, you got to know UMD was paying close attention to him in that line. Uh, Vidi Miatnin, who was the NCHC freshman of the year, has been deathly quiet throughout most of the regular season. They really haven't been able to spark him. So it, it's not the same team that we saw coming in last year. And for Huskies fans, they're, they're rightfully concerned about how this team will perform here wherever they end up in the NCAA regionals. Yeah, well, let's also remember, too, and, and, and sometimes people, we are talking about a team that is 10th in the pairwise. So it's not like uh, <laughs> they're, they're just barely making it into the tournament. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Speaking of the pairwise, before we jump into this game that was played second uh, today, um, Minnesota State holds down number one. Michigan two. Western Michigan jumps Denver and is at three. Uh, Denver four. Minnesota five, North Dakota six, Quinnipiac seven, Minnesota Duluth eight, Notre Dame nine, St. Cloud State 10, UMass 11, Michigan Tech 12, um, UMass Lowell 13, Northeastern 14, uh, 15 is Ohio State, and I'm not even going to say 16 because we know that's going to go to the Atlantic Conference champion. So uh, I'm going to start with you first, Paul. Uh, Your thoughts on that right now? Is that the way it ends up after tomorrow night? Well, who knows? I mean, um, I, I don't know if if uh, Duluth wins the game, if that drops Western Michigan back down below Denver or not. You'd have to play around with the numbers. Um, it looks like Duluth is pretty solid in that eighth spot. Um, if you're Ohio State, you are sweating your brains out right now. <laughs> yes, you are. 100% sweating. Because it is a one and done, and who's to say Bemidji can't beat Minnesota State? Is that expected? No. I mean, um, it's 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 not, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, you have to – there they are going to be sweating out. I guarantee you they're all going to be watching that Hockey East Championship tomorrow because if UConn wins that thing against UMass, they're done. Ohio mm-hmm. State is done because UConn's going to get that bid, and that'll be the 15 spot. And I don't think anybody expects Quinnipiac to lose to Harvard, but it is possible that you could have Ohio State out, Northeastern out, and UMass Lowell out if all those underdogs win tomorrow. So you could have a major shakeup at the bottom end of this tournament. Um, tomorrow, if 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 it's a if it's a if it's a crazy day, because it might as well be the first round of the NCAA tournament tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. So, Nick, as you look at that pairwise, and and you being the St. Cloud State guy, are they going to hang in there at number ten? Are they moving anywhere? Is there a possibility that they could go up or down? I think they hang right where they're at at 10. Uh, I don't really see a lot of movement. Again, we got, what, one day left to to make any changes, really. Uh, I think with Minnesota Duluth, if they somehow win it, I, I don't know that even that moves the needle too much, um, either up or down for St. Cloud. Uh, I think they're sitting right there at 10. I don't think they move from there. And uh, I think if you're Huskies fans, you're fine with that. You're just happy to be in the dance, right, uh, considering – 
their, their problems are, you know, what do they do with it now, right? Because if there's one thing that we all love about college hockey and uh, the regionals, I mean, just ask St. Cloud and hashtag AST, hashtag Air Force, um, anything can happen, right? And it's it's so true. So it just as yeah. Paul mentions, right, you're, if you're Ohio State, you're sweating. Clarkson, you know, how, how do you drop that, you know, to, to, to Harvard? That's, that's tough. That almost – you know, almost would put them out at this point um, yeah. uh, of, of things, right? It, it almost puts them outside. It does. No, it absolutely it does. does. Um, and so, yeah, those bottom three, I mean, we've seen stranger things happen. And, you know, you, you talk about Mankato. Um, how about St. Thomas and what the job Enrico Blasi has done and putting them a scare on Friday just a couple yep. weekends ago. Uh, so, you, you know, Bemidji, they're obviously a better team. So never say never. There's a lot of things that still can happen, especially in that bottom three. Well, listen, because what you have is you have three teams playing tomorrow that are playing for their lives and three teams that are in. And mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. You can – I don't care how much of a veteran team you have. When you're playing for your life, you're playing with, you're playing with an, an edge that the other team doesn't have. Now, maybe in the end the talent – wins out but you know if you're if you're if you're those three teams that are in and you go down one nothing uh, say with a late first period goal um, and the other team is coming at you what's really your incentive to, to you know we're, we're all human right I mean you're gonna sit there and be like in a tough spot um, you're going to play tenor because you, you don't have anything to, 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 to lose or, or, and nothing to gain, whereas the other team wants to keep playing. You know you're going to keep playing, and it's just a, it's yeah. an edge that you can't manufacture. Yeah. I saw that in the, uh, in the Denver press conference today. Okay, that's enough of that. Okay, so um, Stop I can tell you in about, uh, in about the minute, matter of about 20 minutes – this ice crew has taken the uh, logos off the ice from the frozen face out. They cut them out, basically, uh, must have poured some hot water on it or something and pulled them right back up. And uh, they're off the ice. And now they're running around the boards, putting up new uh, <laughs> new stickers, I guess, uh, onto the boards. Uh, wow, this is unbelievable to see this. It's, it's really something. Um, so anyway, there was a second game played today. It was the uh, North Dakota, according to the crowd, fighting Sue, as we heard all night long. What? What? All night. Uh, as, as a close, as what it was officially known as the Fighting Hawks uh, against uh, Western Michigan, those two teams really battled it out. Um, it, the, the end of the second period, we saw two goals in 31 seconds. Uh, one from Mich- uh, Western Michigan that gave them a 3-1 lead and one from uh, North Dakota that gave, made it a 3-2 lead. Uh, and then a strong push from North Dakota uh, down the stretch in the third period, and they could not get the tying goal. As a matter of fact, they gave up the empty netter with the goalie pulled and uh, everybody doing their best to hold it within the zone. Uh, I think it was Jake Schmaltz that uh, lost the puck at the blue line and, and fell down on top of it, and that uh, that gave uh, the opportunity to uh, um Western Michigan to get it done. So, uh, Nick, first of all, what did you think of the crowd tonight? As I mentioned, 10,253 for both sessions. And uh, what did you think for uh, the support from not only North Dakota, as we always know, but Western Michigan made some noise, didn't they? 
they they had a, a little bit of the loss in lunatics here, and that was fantastic, honestly. <laughs> um, the, the only thing that was missing is that they had him on the side glass, usually the surrounding, you know, the opposing netminder. Uh, too much sea of green, though, unfortunately. I thought St. Patrick's Day was yesterday, but I must be mistaken. Um, <laughs> uh, but that was awesome. I mean, that's that's not a, an easy way to get here. Uh, you got to credit uh, uh, the group of students. It looked like there was a, a group of students that was here, uh, probably, what, 30? 30 to 40, maybe, of them uh, sitting there in the stands? Yeah, I would say. Uh, and witnessing history today, their first ever trip to the uh, NCHC Frozen Faceoff Championship game uh, for Western Michigan. So good for them. And it's it's sort of the, the the pinnacle of where they've been building since essentially last year, where this team really kind of sprung onto the scene as scenic contender, uh, beating North Dakota that was without their top two defensemen, both in Clevin and Sanderson. That hurt them a lot tonight, especially during that third period push when they were trying ever so desperately to get this game tied. And uh, you, you got to still credit to Western Michigan. They were laying down blocking shots. Uh, Bussy made the saves when he had to. He made a couple of highlight reel saves, too, that I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe on SportsCenter Top 10 if they ever included a hockey highlight in their top 10. Because um, we all know <laughs> no, how that I goes. I will not comment on that. And you, I, I, I will. I just I, oh. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I tr- did I trigger hockey fans? I think I did. Oh goodness. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's so true. I mean, come on. It's it's unless Muchigrass endorses it, it never makes it. It's just it's awful. I know. <laughs> By the way, Bussy grew up about uh, an hour from where I am, so and that's east. Yeah, and that that means it was about six miles. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, it's in the other direction, so it's a lot. Okay. To get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you guys use it in terms of blocks instead of, you know, miles driven through cornfields. That's right. <laughs> um, and by the way, and, and you hit the nail right on the head, uh, Nick, you got um, not only did they miss Clevin and Sanderson in that push in the third period, 0 for 5 on the power play. Yeah. And they're big pieces of that too. Uh, I mean – we're talking about, uh, you know, when when you talk about Sanderson, he runs their power play, and, and, and Clevin is underrated in terms of his offense. And they only had twenty three shots tonight, and that's with five yeah. power plays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was it was crazy. It was it was a crazy hockey game. Uh, I'm not going to say I was surprised because, uh, as I told Mick and I told everybody else, my yes, opinion are. of Western has been like uh, up and down, up and down all year. Uh, I just don't know yet, even after watching them tonight, if they've got what it takes to win a national championship because I'm worried about their depth. I think their third and fourth line uh, are going to be up against it. I mean, Ronnie Adder was on the ice. uh, Well, they play 60 minutes. He was on the ice about 59 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, easily 59 and a half. And you talk about offense coming from their from their decor too. Ronnie Edwards a big part of that. Um, but you can definitely tell later in that third, he was out of gas. That He, he skates so many miles. Uh, but great instincts offensively too. Uh, ends up uh, being part of the uh, the first assist or second assist on the, uh, the tying goal in the first period. Uh, so he generates a ton for them, but you do worry about his sustainability going into a long playoff push, as you mentioned, with their depth and just maybe the lack of the offensive upside that some of these other teams that are in the top 10 have and possess. Paul, what do you, what do you, what do you need to win um, playoff hockey games? Goaltending. 
Yeah. Guess who's yeah. got it? Uh, Western Michigan does have goaltending. Duluth definitely has goaltending. I thought Magnus Corona was good for Denver, but uh, when Denver's used to scoring four and a half or more goals a game and they don't give you anything, um, and Ryan Barrel and uh, Cole Gutman both said that they said the best player in our on our team tonight was uh, Magnus Corona, and I believe Ryan Barrel said and it wasn't close. Uh, so that being said, uh, Paul, how far can uh, a team go riding their goaltender? Can they win five more? Well, of course, but you need to have – you can't keep missing those guys. I mean, because not only do guys like, uh, you know, Clevin and Sanderson, they not only do they lead your offense, they make it so much easier for their team to get out of their own end. So true. Uh, I mean, I mean it's, it's so It's so underappreciated, the stats that don't – make the stat sheet, which makes no sense, right. but I'm going to go with that. I, um, I'm with you. Serious, right? It's it, But it's those intangibles. Jake Sanderson and, and Clevin for North Dakota. For St. Cloud, it's been Nick Perbix all season yep. long. You know, if there's ever a time where St. Cloud is hemmed, he has the ability and the instincts to be able just to skate the puck forward, get to the red line, dump it, and at least relieve pressure. Right. Uh, and it's those things that North Dakota was missing tonight. You could see that there were times – Against Western, and again, they've got some talent offensively, but not where you would say, how is North Dakota pinned to their own zone for 45 yeah. to 60 seconds? Yep. That doesn't happen with those two in your lineup in Sanderson and Clevin. And sometimes it's an easy just a chip puck off the glass, and maybe you try to get a change in or at least a couple of guys out, but it's those small plays, just those hockey IQ plays that they bring to the table they were missing on the ice tonight for sure. Yeah. Now, by the way, Scott, uh, Coach uh, Firstweiler, uh, sent me a text message and said, make sure Scott keeps doubting us because the more he doubts <laughs> us, the, the, the better off we are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for sending the text. I want to know how you got Paul's number first and foremost. But anyway, we'll, we'll take care of that tomorrow because uh, we'll be back here for a championship game tomorrow. I, I want to tell you how hard Nick works. Uh, sitting next to me, there was a uh, – him and I were talking – and there was a uh, hit along the boards, and uh, they reviewed it, and they came back, and they said, no, it's not a minor. It's a major. And uh, Nick was on it. He was uh, researching the rule book. He was talking to NCHC uh, uh, officials. He was getting an answer. Nick, tell us about that play and what you thought and what you found out you thought. <laughs> you thought yeah. you didn't know. <laughs> I, th I thought I didn't know. Apparently, I, I know I don't know now. So <laughs> so you're used to the NHL's vision, right? I covered the NHL since 2008. So there, there's an emphasis on how the NHL officiating looks at if a player who was receives the hit, if they turn their body and present themselves in a dangerous or a vulnerable position, that's taken into account in the call. And that was my framework because my argument was, hey, Passel, you know, if he continues on his trajectory, that's a shoulder-on-shoulder -shoulder hit. There, there's maybe a charging call out of it. It's a two-minute call. But even then, it's like it's just even safer for you know, Passel to receive the hit. You're, you're, you know, it's just – to me, it wasn't a great hockey move by the puck carrier. Uh, but talking to the NCHC officiating uh, director that we have here on staff, he tells me the NCAA, they don't account for that. The onus is 100% on the player – initiating contact so to him it was an aggressive move it was close to a checking from behind which okay fine so that's why it was a major so they really are trying to from a rule standpoint try to limit as much of those dangerous hitches as they can and i get it but 
from a from a guy who's played hockey himself when the game is so fast and, and when things change so quickly, I don't know what the Western Michigan player was supposed to do when he changes his body to present you the numbers in such a short amount of time to deliver that contact. I just, I don't know. It, to me, was for sure give him two, but to me a five, I don't know. But from the NCAA to the NCAA, as they say it's a five all the way because they say it's on you delivering the head to make sure you're not uh, – essentially putting somebody through the boards face first. Well, you see the knowledge I'm sitting next to, Paul? Do you see the knowledge I'm sitting next to over the podcast? One of us has to have the knowledge. I mean, uh, (laughs) there's three of us here. Somebody has to know what the heck they're talking about. I mean, you're you're on the numbers game. (laughs) Well, see, this is, this is the way I look at it. And once again, uh, this is from my, I'm old and I used to work with real to real tape, not computers. Um, <laughs> if if you have to slow it down frame by frame by frame by frame, what are we doing here? I'm all for protecting the players, and and but if you have to stop it frame by frame, and that's what some of these reviews do, that that's. That the game is fast, the game is physical, and the game is dangerous to begin with. You know, we right, hundred percent. You can, 100%. See, you can and, see with your eyes whether somebody makes a dirty play. Right, and I, to your point, Paul. You know, there, there's no question. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm all for player safety. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Um, especially at this level when you got guys who are, are grown men, six foot four, sometimes 220, right. 230 pounds. That's, that's a lot of, you know, what they call in physics, a, a lot of uh, uh, potential energy that's at right. stake there. Right. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're at, that, that's my agreement too, is that it's a fast game. Things change out of a snap of a finger. And uh, I, again, you know, you can maybe argue that the angle that the Western Michigan player taken wasn't great. He was going into 90 degree angle. So, you can maybe argue that, but again, it's like can, if he continues on his path with Passel, it's a shoulder-on-shoulder check. We're not even having these discussions. So it, it's a fine line. The rule book is written in such a horribly, you know, vague way that you could, you know, make the call one way or the other, uh, you know, at the discretion of the referees and, of course, the officials here. But I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. If you got to slow it down frame by frame in a situation like that, again, take – take the macro picture right it's such a it was such a quick last minute change of his body positioning he follows through in the hit where half a second before and that's a legal check and you know nobody's in any danger of getting hurt yeah if you have to slow well, it down more than say half speed then then, then you're and, taking it too far and let me throw this out there uh, the player was not injured um, it was not, in my estimation, a uh, intent to drive him through the boards, as I told Mick was I was watching it. Um, it was not a, a dirty play. Um, it resulted in a two-minute penalty is what it should have been. They changed it to five. I guess the good news is uh, it didn't change the game uh, from the standpoint on the scoreboard, but uh, it did take away five minutes of uh, potential game action for North Dakota, who went on the kill and did a great job killing it off. Uh, so how that affected the game, I don't know. But uh, North Dakota, a fantastic team. Denver, a fantastic team. Neither one of them will be here tomorrow. Um, Nick and I will. Along <laughs> 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 with some Western Michigan people and, and a few UMD people. And uh, I think Nick is going to agree with me when I say this, but 
how great was it, Nick, to have the bands here again and, and seeing college hockey? With, there was three out of four bands. Denver is the only one that didn't have a band here. Uh, that's what makes college hockey college hockey is you got to have the bands in there. Uh, growing up again, just south of the Twin Cities, grew up as as a Gopher fan, right? You go to Mariucci in the old WCHA when they actually packed it every single game. It was a rivalry every single weekend, Friday, Saturday, and that band was what drove the energy. That's what got the student section, the crowd into the game, got them loud. Uh, fantastic. I know times have changed, but you know, honestly, happy to see that they had two bands here for the second game, North Dakota, as well as Western Michigan traveled bands. And uh, that's if there's one complaint I've always had about St. Cloud, they've had them. They've had their bands at a couple of events, but not every single home game. They need to make that a every home game thing. It just it just adds to the atmosphere and separates college hockey from the pro hockey. Yeah, I, I said the same thing to Paul and, and to Arizona State. They need to have a band in that new arena that they're sharing with the Arizona Coyotes because um, I, I think. Oh, you mean the the Houston Rockets? <laughs> Paul, Paul, are you still there? Uh, listen, I, you you they're not sharing it. Uh, they're, they're the landlords. Don't give me this share crap. Asian is the landlord, and. And there's a reason why uh, Coyote's got to pay up front. That's all I'm going to tell you. And yeah, they like take a certified check or direct oh, deposit. No, they're not. Cash. They're not taking. Yeah, you want cash? I cash. <laughs> um, and then they're going to run every stock. bill through the uh, through the machine. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not like that. Is that is the truth? Um, and I don't know. We can do hours on this because we could, <laughs> yeah. oh, we could. Lord. Um, Nick and I hashed it out for about an hour before the uh, first game today. I, I totally blew his prep work. He he didn't have sure any did. time to do anything except kind of <laughs> just banter back with me. Well, I like what I'm, I do with you, Paul. Well, yeah, but I don't listen to you. He probably listened. <laughs> I, I I don't listen to you because I um, I've tuned you out by now. So, I mean, and by um, the way, it's been uh, about 46 minutes of our show and they are three quarters of the way done with the board signs, putting them back on and uh, they are resurfacing the ice um, where the uh, banners, uh, whatever they used to be on the ice for the frozen face off. So anyway, just an update. That's good. Well, it's, listen, I, it, go ahead. Go it, ahead. Nick. It, it's amazing how quickly they, how efficient they are with this. Uh, and I, I heard you, Paul, say, "Why haven't they electronic?" Remember, they actually tried that at the 2018, the the the, uh, the World Hockey Championships out there in Toronto. They had the uh, the uh, they were testing some of that uh, technology. It's just uh, let's just say not cheap. We'll put it that well, way for no, every it's NHL. Not cheap, but uh, isn't time money? I'm not sure if it's that linear. Just ask the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> well, I, well, for them, there is no money, but that's neither no. here nor there. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I do. Like I said, we could do hours on this, and and, and I just there's no there's no Tim Hortons or uh, uh, that's around and open that we could get coffee and, and continue. So I, as much as I'd love that, I, I would need some coffee for that long discussion. Oh, that, yeah, and I don't even drink coffee, so um, uh, we just we do Mountain Dew on this show. So um, and you can't say that today though because it's Coca Cola products here in the uh, 
in the XL Center. At yeah, least but I'm not there. Yeah, true. You can say it, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay, so so anyway, uh, to to kind of put a bow on this whole thing, um, let me shout out the NCHC because uh, I was at the awards last night. It was fantastic. Um, as we all know, Josh Fenton is leaving uh, in just a couple of weeks when this is all said and done and moving on to the summit league. And I, I can't tell you uh, how first class this operation is. Um, and I'm going to spin it back to ASU in a minute here, but um, you know, there's first class meals, there's first class, everything as far as uh, the way they took care of us with uh, drink mugs and, and uh, professional lanyards and professional help and all the stats are current and everything. Um, let me throw this out to you, Paul. Uh, in this arena that we're sitting at, I'm sitting currently in front of uh, seat number 94 in the press box. Right. <laughs> Nick is down about an 89 or 90. Um, right. So that's the number of seats that are here for a professional hockey game. Mm-hmm. Um, how many games, how many seats are they going to get in that uh, arena in uh, ASU, do you think? I have no idea. It hasn't been built yet. They will not get they will not get the hundred plus and then have two rows of it. Um, Let me tell you one other funny thing. Um, Nick and I were talking about the broadcast It's CBS is right. So they own it. They uh, CBS Sports Network. Um, Jay Stickney, you know, uh, our good friend from Denver, made it all the way out here yesterday afternoon, Mm -hmm. got up to his booth. Uh, I went in there to see him and he wasn't doing anything right before the game. I go like. What are you doing, Jay? And he said, nothing. Uh, we didn't get the rights uh, to be able to broadcast. We went all the way up till 1 o'clock, and we couldn't broadcast the game tonight. So he said, I got this nice suite that I'm just going to sit here and watch. Wait, and if Denver, that... doesn't, if Denver doesn't win, I'm just going to come here, watch the games, and go home. <laughs> how, does, how does that – well, see, now see now this that's another podcast. That's another hour. <laughs> how does that – If, if does, not longer. How does low – how does the – one of the team's local broadcast not have the rights to do the game. CBS, I, I can tell you from this, CBS, when they have their partnership with the NCHC, um, it, it's they want it all because they get all the streaming revenue, whether it's radio or television. So, And CBS has a, a little bit more deep pockets as far as advertising that they can generate and pay for those rights uh, to give you actually a firm number. When St. Cloud State wanted the rights to its own home series last weekend, per game, that rights fee was $7,500. That's just the rights fee. And that's for a, a Division II school for the most. Again, that's $22,500 they have to dish out just to have the rights to broadcast the game. Uh, what, listen, we, listen, this is... This is <laughs> I, I, now... Uh, I, you know, I know you don't like math, but I thought I'd throw out well, some numbers no, for you. Nick, it's, it's actually it's not a matter. <laughs> He's of He's a phys ed teacher. Yeah, oh, <laughs> s- yeah. Stop it there. Uh, that doesn't mean I have any. Remember, I I, I like stats. I like actual oh, yeah. legitimate stats. Like you stats. know, like batting average and goals against average and things like okay. that. Not these fake okay. made up ones. But <laughs> this is this this is this is mind boggling to me as somebody who kind of follows this kind of thing. This is completely new to me, and I don't understand. I understand that CBS is is paying for the TV, but I have never heard that affect local radio. I think they just picked up the radio, if I recall, because like, like you know, 
Now, I don't, I can't confirm that 100%, but if CBS owned the rights to it, they must have put the down payment down. That's kind of how the gig works, unfortunately. Wow, I got I to look into this now because now. Yeah, you, sh- you should. <laughs> Holy you really God. should. I don't know if I'm, I'm horribly Googling things, but I mean, I'm going to try it because it doesn't make any sense. And, and oh, I will throw out that that Alex Heinert and uh, Dave Starman and Shireen Siski did a fantastic job. Fantastic. Uh, they yeah, they are just uh, the they are just the class act. Well, I know, but I'm just saying they are the class act, and um, you know it is what it is. But uh, it was interesting that Jay made the trip all the way out here. And now he's now he's going back home without broadcasting the game. See, now I get to talk to – now the next time we talk to Jay, I have to ask him how, how this works because I understand the NCAA tournament has – has has is, is, is a different story. 100%. This is, I, and I totally get that, but this is not the NCAA tournament. I just don't understand that at all. Well, he said they were working right up till 1 o'clock today to try to get the rights, and they thought they might still get the rights to broadcast, but apparently that – 7,500 maybe increased to 15,000. Might be. <laughs> and Duluth, Bruce Siski was here. So yeah. for Duluth, so he was broadcasting. And Western was. Western was broadcasting. Yeah, Western well. was here. I assume you kinda, North Dakota you, was. And I'm sure North Dakota was yes. as well. You got to wonder, know. there's uh, some other explanations. I don't think it's now talking through that. If it was a CBS rights deal, none of those guys would be able to do it because they would have the exclusive rights to that package for radio so you kind of wonder if it was a logistical thing or something else but hard, yes, hard to yeah. say now well, it doesn't matter because the pioneers are going home and they're preparing for loveland yeah, Jay yeah. Doesn't care. he gets to stay and watch an extra game and there you go work. there you <laughs> go i mean but here's here's uh, yeah now i'm all flustered because i had i, I just don't understand that the, the, yeah that's crazy so um I thought you being a radio guy would really enjoy that story. That's why I brought it up as we try to end this show. Okay, so I but all right, and, and that's fine. I get it. We're we're coming up on an hour, but um, just because I try to do a little bit of research when when you tell me we're having a guest on for the first time, um, Nick, you played at Iowa State. Yeah, club team. Well, we don't call that on this. We don't call that that on this on, on this, pro, on yeah. this program. Yeah, so, pretty much. Uh, yep. Um, <laughs> when are one of those two schools over there going to actually jump? Because they get pretty good support. Ooh. Yeah, they do. Um, and I don't know. Was... And they have buildings. Yeah. So the Iowa State's building uh, was essentially funded by the coach, uh, uh, Dr. Alan Murdoch, who uh, essentially put in, I think, was it half a million dollars of his own money? But it's one sided building. It doesn't right. hold more than, I think, a thousand people. Okay. But a lot of Minnesota people will go to college. There's a huge support for the program. Um, and in fact, if I read correctly, uh, I, I, there's been always pushes to, to actually get the school to recognize the program. Right. I just, I just don't know where the university stands in terms of the, not only the facility, but also where do you go for, I mean, we could, cause then you talk about another hour or two hour show, a conference league and realignment that's, you know, in the Midwest, you know, where, that's where do okay. they go as an independent? Right. So that's okay. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah, right. We do. Uh, is that, that's a tough conversation to have. So I, I, there's no question that there would be fan support. There's no question. There's plenty of money at Iowa state. There's no question about that. Uh, if they needed to upgrade the facility, expand it, there's no question. The current facility 
uh, from main campus is like three or four miles south and it's it's away from everything um but still accessible to yeah, per se three or four but miles, that's not much. three four no um it's just again I, I, iowa state you know their mantra is you know besides basketball hilton magic which it is uh, obviously the the football program under matt campbell's taking significant strides forward uh, back when I was there, it was the Dan McCarney area. That was Todd Blythe, Austin Flynn, and Brett Meyer in those ages. Holy cow, I'm really dating myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I know, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it would take a, a pretty significant financial push and investment to, to for them to do it again. That you talk about where they would land in conferences because they don't want to be an independent like an Arizona State is right now. Um, I know that both the NCHC and the CCHA, you know, all these teams are looking at you know, what it would take for expansion. The Big Ten, I know, is looking at it as well. But, again, Iowa State not really having really sort of a history of, you know, great. I mean, they've had shades of greatness, but they haven't really dominated at, at the at that level. Uh, I think that's what kind of pumps the brakes on that program making the jump. So I, I think it's still a ways off. Okay, because if I'm not mistaken, the other school there has a building that's right by campus. We don't talk about that building. Well, I, I totally understand. Yeah, okay, hold on a minute here. Hold on a minute here. Paul Hornstein, Mr. ASU that won't talk about the U of E, uh, is 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 playing on my man Nick here a little bit or what? No, it's, yeah. listen, I I'm not. I, that's why I said the other school. I know. Oh, I, yeah. I understand. Hey, U of Iowa. Yeah. You know, I, I understand where he was going to be coming from. That's why I said it the way I said it. Okay. Good job. Good I job. I read him. Yeah, there you go. Listen, I'm not that I hard read to read. No. And, and and by the way, you talk about, you know, just a little slight tangent here, uh, the Iowa State-Iowa college football rivalry, when that is in Ames and, you know, there's a line two to three miles long at 12 o'clock at night for the tailgate last to open up with the RVs. It's, it really is an experience to see for college, for college football fans. It's absolutely fantastic. That's the Iowa Super Bowl. And uh, the first time I got to experience that, it was in Jack Trice Stadium. Holy cow. Uh, they are passionate, passionate fans for their college programs down there in Iowa. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, 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 it is, it's a cool thing. There is no doubt. Yeah. Well, cool thing. Speaking of that, they're working on the ice down below us. Um, we're running out of time, so we want to okay. thank Nick for joining us. Um, who knows? Maybe Thanks tomorrow for- night we bring him on again if he, if he doesn't run away from me because – uh, we're smart, stuck next bro. to each other according <laughs> we're stuck next to each other here at the press box but um we're looking for an exciting game tomorrow it's not the two teams we thought were going to be here it's michigan uh, western michigan university and the uh, university of minnesota duluth uh we'll do battle tomorrow 737 i believe is puck drop and uh nick and i will both be here paul what are you gonna be doing i'll be in my basement <laughs> as usual you know they don't let me out for work <laughs> How many screens are you going to have going tomorrow? You got that planned out yet? Well, let's see. I got to have one for Air Force. Gotta, I have the TV for, 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 for the game you guys will be at. Um, I, don't have, I, I don't have the Hockey East game, but uh, I could probably squeeze the ECAC game on there. And I would, we might be able to see. If, I wish I could figure out how to do it like uh, NCAC.TV <laughs> does. We're going to four games on the screen at once but you know i've just not well, maybe maybe if you talk nice we got the in-studio guy here from husky productions he probably can figure out a system for you but you got to talk nice you got to quit talking about that other place in iowa i didn't that's why i said it <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right. Nick, thanks so much for joining us tonight. I appreciate your thanks, time. Thanks, guys. And, uh, thanks I for letting me hammer on to you all game. Paul, you know the Amarine's never going to stop with me and you. I'm going to continue to yammer on. So yeah, uh, I know. take it away, my friend, and uh, go to sleep, right? It's late out there. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. It's a little later than you have, and I've been up since 430 just like you. So from the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, it's College Hockey Southwest live on the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Peterson Toyota, whether you're looking for your dream car or shopping on a budget, we take the time to find the perfect Toyota to fit your needs at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. The best barbecue, Las Vegas style, available at all Allegiant Stadium events and, of course, at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Dreams and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DrurryHotels.com. Jets Pizza, go to JetsPizza.com to find your fresh deal at your nearest Jets location today. Metro by T-Mobile, get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Whether it's worldwide, it's where the action is, in the resort or in town. And buy M Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com and see which M Drive formula is for you. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask. And all of the IcetimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Behind the Mask, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. I will tell you, after a one-hour and, uh, I don't know, two-minute show, uh, they're about done, aren't they, Nick? They've uh, they got they, the board done. just about done. Yeah, they, they've got this thing down to a science. They've cleaned this building. Uh, it's going to be the Minnesota Wild and the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow at uh, 1230. Is that what we 1230. 1230 tomorrow. Central. Then they're going to change this whole thing over again so they can play a – uh, college game at 7.30. It'll be the championship game of the NCHC Frozen Faceoff. Uh, Nick and I will be here to bring it to you, and we'll have another live podcast tomorrow immediately following the game, about 20 minutes after the game. And uh, we ask you to tune in and uh, chime in. Uh, we always are live, and we always appreciate anybody throwing questions at us, and we'll go from there. So uh, we'll say a big thank you to uh, Nick Maxson from uh, Thanks, Husky Nick. Production for joining Thanks, me guys. tonight. And uh, I was uh, Paul Hornstein from 10 feet below sea level on that beautiful palatial estate on Long Island, New York, um, where once again, Patrick Causey from Colorado College is going to go home this summer. He's going to get over with his camera, take some pictures so we can all see that estate. And yeah. uh, we'll all be waiting for it. Yeah, you'll be. If you're looking for an estate, he'll be looking for a long time. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And uh, again, congratulations to the Western Michigan Broncos, and the uh, UMD.
Bulldogs will play for the Frozen Face-Off Championship tomorrow. Good night, everybody.